You asked, we answered. Many of you have asked that each show on the Man of God Network be transitioned to its own RSS feed on iTunes or the podcast app that you use. We've heard your request. Each show on the Man of God Network is now available on its own unique RSS feed. This makes it easier to search for previous episodes, yet all of our shows are still connected on one channel. You can find this by searching the Man of God by CBT Seminary channel on iTunes. If you've enjoyed our content, please consider subscribing to each show on the Man of God Network channel as we move content over. And thanks for listening to the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about preaching funeral sermons. We're going to be talking about goals that we're trying to achieve in the sermon, or perhaps the co-hosts might want to put that a little differently, but at least I'll ask it that way. Um, Comfort, ways to try to comfort those who are grieving, ways to try to rebuke and reprove those who are perhaps wrongly oriented towards God um, during the funeral service itself as far as being outside of Christ and um, how funeral sermons differ from regular Lord's Day's sermon. So to begin our conversation, though, uh, I'll ask Pastor Joe, why are funeral homilies a useful ministry? Who are in need of such sermons? Thank you, Brother Austin. Um, Funeral sermons are occasions uh, where the man of God brings to the grieving uh, the truth of God from the Word of God. Uh, everyone needs this. Funerals are valuable because they give an opportunity to bring what God says to many who often have little to no exposure to it. And this is where a funeral sermon uh, differs. The audience is all usually very much different from the audience uh, in, a, uh, in a church sermon. Funerals are a useful ministry because it's, it's just the right time to remind people that they're going to die. Remind people that of the eternal truths from God's word concerning why we die, concerning sin, concerning what happens after we die. And of course, it's the great time, a perfect time to remind them of the one and only true gospel of Jesus Christ, which can prepare them for death. Actually, God's word uh, warrants us uh, doing things like this. When it says in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse two, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, because that is the end of every person. And here's what we want to happen at the funeral. The living takes it to heart. I've heard it said or read somewhere that uh, funerals, sermons do very little good to those who are present, especially if they're lost because, well, they know what they're going to hear uh, or they at least what they expect to hear. And they have steeled themselves against the truth. So that as soon as they get the their duty out of the way, they can go on with their sinful lives. There may be, a, and I'm sure there is an element of truth to that, 
But still, surely God knows what he's talking about when he says it's a good thing to go to the house of mourning. There is this tendency, there is this uh, conscience within man, especially sinful man. And he has to realize, even if he doesn't want to, when he goes to the funeral, he is brought face to face with the fact that his day is coming. And since God recommends the practice of going to the house of mourning, we should follow his word and trust his power. And then we leave the results to him. Funeral messages are a wonderful opportunity to preach the gospel to the lost, but they're also a great opportunity to preach from those passages which give assurance and comfort to God's grieving people, uh, as long as that comfort is warranted by the word of God. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on that first question? Well, brother, you summed it up very, very well. <clears throat> and I really, uh, I would have thought as well to mention the Ecclesiastes 7-2 passage, because uh, that's so pivotal. In fact, I've used that as a funeral sermon. Uh, when Paul said to Timothy to preach uh, the gospel in season, out of season, whether it's convenient or not, well, I, I would think of funerals as very much in season, mm -hmm. uh, because, again, you've got death illustrated right there before you. Uh, people who normally don't think about death or certainly what comes after, that's appointed a man once to die after that, the judgment, or uh, they don't normally give thought to eternity. Well, it, it does at least give occasion for that. And then it gives occasion to present even the very basics of the gospel, uh, because so many who are present, they're going to be unfamiliar with these things. Yeah, religion, some vague notion, but oftentimes you've got people who are totally uh, uh, uninformed as to what the basics of the gospel are. So it is certainly a time in season uh, to proclaim Christ. Mm -hmm. mm. Amen. Um, you alluded to this, Pastor Joe, so if you feel like you've already answered it <clears throat> sufficiently, you can feel free to uh, skip it, but I'm going to ask you two questions at once, so that way you can feel free to take it wherever you want. So I, I already asked you uh, kind of, how does preaching a funeral sermon differ from preaching a regular Lord's Day sermon? You kind of gave an answer to that. So if you want to, again, uh, say more about that, you can. But if not, what are you trying to achieve in a funeral sermon? Uh, I, I can say a little more about the uh, the first question, uh, uh, Austin, though I did say there is a difference uh, between uh, your regular sermon in the church and a, a sermon in the funeral or the funeral home. Uh, my funeral sermons are definitely much shorter than my uh, church sermons. Uh, rarely would I go any longer than, uh, let's say, 25 minutes uh, when I'm preaching a funeral. Uh, I think you can say a lot from the Word of God in 25 minutes, and if you go much longer than that, you're going to quickly uh, start losing uh, your hearers, many of the people who don't want to be there anyway would rather be somewhere else. Um, the aim in preaching a funeral sermon is, is usually twofold. You want to comfort the sheep who are grieving and you want to confront those who are lost. And therefore, uh, one difference generally uh, between a, a funeral sermon and a church sermon there's probably usually less exposition uh, and perhaps less wide ranging application. You do want to make sure that you're true to the text, 
but perhaps not go into as much of an expository uh, preaching mode as you would if you were preaching through a book of the Bible in your church. Um, but despite these uh, differences, uh, this much has to be the same. Uh, you've, you've got to be faithful to God's word, faithful to God's truth. You have to, whether you're in the pulpit at church or whether you're behind the, the lectern at the funeral home, you have to be bold. You have to be confident. People have, have to know that uh, whether they like what you're saying or not, and I've preached some funeral sermons that I knew that some of the people listening, even family members, did not like what I was saying. But the, the key there is to be like Ezekiel when God told him, whether they listen or whether they don't, let them know that there's been a prophet among them. So when you preach that funeral sermon, you must preach with the confidence and boldness that comes from knowing that you're telling the truth as it comes from uh, God. Um, what, what are you trying to uh, achieve in a funeral sermon? Well, certainly you want to comfort those who are truly saints. Uh, whenever there's good evidence that the departed person was a Christian, wow, it's, it's relatively easy, isn't it? to find many texts that will comfort them concerning the state of lost loved ones who have fallen asleep in Christ. It becomes harder. Let's face the fact. It becomes harder when there is little hope or evidence that the mm -hmm. deceased knew Christ. Then we have to seek to comfort the loved ones by making clear those attributes of God, which should be of comfort even to them. If they know the Lord, if you're comforting God's sheep, even when they don't have the confidence that you wish they could have concerning their loved ones, you still preach to them the truth about who God is. And, uh, and, and that's important. Let me give one word of caution. When you're preaching a funeral, young preacher, make up your mind at the very beginning that you're going to tell the truth. You're never going to compromise God's truth when you're conducting a funeral. This is a temptation. It's a real temptation. And it's, and I think I've seen people, uh, good men succumb to the temptation, uh, to water down the truth or even as they say, to somehow seek to preach somebody into heaven mm. when you really don't have much evidence to go on that they're there. Yeah. And I know, I know you want to give all the comfort you can. And I do seek to do that in every way I can seek to give all the comfort that I can. And I'll seek to say something nice about a person if I possibly can, but I never want to preach someone into heaven because you can't do it anyway, of course. And, and you don't want to do that. And I'll tell you what, I feel like those, those men who will succumb to a temptation like that, um, you know what they really do is they, they lessen, they decrease the respect for the word of God that they want the lost person to have. When someone comes to hear me preach a funeral, I want them to see the same preacher and hear the same message that they're going to hear when they come to hear me preach at church. Now there are differences of course, but it's the, it's all the same. It's God's truth. We must never lie. We must never compromise. 
Find what good you can to say, find what comforting thing you can to say, but don't compromise the truth of what God says about sin, death, heaven, and hell, because you're preaching the funeral of someone who didn't give much evidence that they knew the Lord. Yeah. So who do we want to comfort? We want to comfort the people of God. Who do we want to, to reprove? Who do we want to confront? We want to confront those who've been careless about their spiritual interests. Uh, at a funeral, we want to emphasize that we've got to die hmm. because we've sinned. At a funeral, you want to make sin look as bad and deadly as you possibly can. And then you want to give them the good news and make Christ look as lovely as you possibly can. Um, at this, uh, at a funeral that I preached recently, there were more young people, teenagers, young people than I have preached to in a long time anywhere. And, uh, because the person who had died was a young, younger person. And I remember trying to confront them as hard as I could. Why we die, we die because we've sinned and then try to preach the gospel to them. And then, and then try to be real honest with them and say, look, this was preached on a Friday. Where are you going tonight? What are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do after this sermon? Are you, uh, you going back out to party or is somebody here going to take it to heart that I too have to die and listen, I don't know. I leave, I leave with the Lord. I have to, uh, leave with the Lord, whether anyone took that counsel or not. But I felt like I had to be true to the word of God and confront them with unpleasant truths at an unpleasant time. Hmm. Pastor Lee, add something to that if, if you want to. Well, I, I just would concur with uh, what you said, brother, and so many points. Uh, you know, the idea of, of a shorter message with simplicity, uh, to be clear for the unsaved, but even, you know, the Lord's people, they've got usually enough on their mind at a, a funeral that, that it's not the time for some you know, detailed, true. heavy uh, theological treatment of a text. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, with all of that, I, I could not uh, say it better than you did, brother. Um, I, I do think it is important that we even should seek to give some measure of comfort uh, to uh, the unsaved. Now, yeah. obviously, they need to be confronted with the gospel. Uh, and, and, and of course, that's the real comfort. But mm -hmm. even in addition to that, you know, bereavement's a, a real pain. Uh, and compassion and love for people should make us uh, sympathetic to what they're going through. Uh, in John chapter 11, you remember the context when Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We're told Jesus wept. Now, obviously, he knew what he was getting ready to do, raising Lazarus. But he said when he saw Mary weeping, mm -hmm. and not only Mary, but the others who were with Mary weeping, mm -hmm. that Jesus wept, which is a picture of that sympathetic Jesus, that, that he was not indifferent. Uh, to the pain of bereavement, even though he knew what he was getting ready to do, and it was mm -hmm. actually for the glory of God and the good of people that Lazarus had died. Well, I, I think in imitating our Savior out of love for people, uh, even for the unsaved, we should want to comfort them. Now, that presents a, a challenge. Uh, we're not going to try and preach them into heaven, as Joe has, has rightly said, 
Uh, on the other hand, there are ways that we can comfort uh, the, the those who uh, are unsaved, who have even lost an unsaved family member. Yeah, I remember asking my my pastor when I was just a young buck and in a preacher boy class, what what do you do about preaching a funeral of an unsaved person? He gave a good answer. As quickly as you can, you turn the minds away from that person in that casket uh, onto the Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. that's very true, but at the same time, it's not wrong to make reference to God's goodness to that person who has mm -hmm. passed. True. You know, uh, I have found that a, a way of 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 addressing uh, the unconverted who have lost an unconverted person, just by way of pointing out, here's God's goodness. He gave you that relationship. That's why it hurts so bad at losing this loved one, because you so loved them. Well, this is God's kind providence. Uh, he fills hearts with food and gladness in Acts 17, 14. Well, so the joys received from their relationship, the benefits they've received, it's very right to point them to God's goodness and to say, to thank God for that. But then Obviously, in pointing them to God's goodness, then it gives the opportunity to point to the greater goodness that God has done in sending his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But out of real love for people, we, we should want to comfort uh, even the, the unsaved in their bereavement. I think of Paul's statement about uh, Epaphroditus, you know, in Philippians chapter 2, where he talks about how Epaphroditus almost died, uh, but God had mercy uh, upon him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. You know, though Paul knew that, look, Epaphroditus, he died present, uh, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and dies far better, yet he realized bereavement's a real pain, uh, a real grief. And, well, out of love for people, we can get alongside them and give at least some words of comfort and especially point them to the God of all comfort and how he's revealed himself in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not exactly sure what um, you brothers have prepared, if you have anything else, but um, you've already alluded to who we're trying to comfort, namely the saints of God and how to do so, and you've already alluded to who we're trying to repro reprove or rebuke or confront, namely those that are outside of Christ as we think about death. So I I guess to wrap this conversation up, I'll just ask if you have any other final thoughts or if you have any other final uh, things to say. I'll leave it to you, Joe. Uh, you, you've, you've said it well already, so run with it, man. Be compassionate. Be bold, be faithful to scripture, um, and just tell God's truth uh, in a way that is appropriate for the circumstance in which you are preaching it. I think that's what we've been saying. Yeah. Amen. Well, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox to discuss preaching funeral sermons. We hope this conversation has been profitable to you. If you have other questions related to pastoral ministry or um, Christian spirituality, I encourage you to send your questions to pastorsinbox at cbtseminary.org, and we will uh, address whether we will take it up or not. We Hope that this, again, has been helpful to you, and until next time, we wish you grace and peace.